0: Inside Sources Inside Sources With Boyd Matheson with the Russian army being stalled out, slowed down, and even pushed back in some places within Ukraine, the question then becomes, is this the time for the U.S. to give more weapons and tactical support to Ukraine in a chance to push back and change the dynamics of this battle with Russia? It's a question a lot of people have been asking as President Biden meets with NATO uh, in uh, Brussels today. He'll be going on to Poland uh, to look at some of the humanitarian and refugee crisis issues. Uh, at the same time, of course, Russia is reminding the world, as we talked about earlier on the program, that we have nuclear weapons uh, and continue to rattle that saber. Had the opportunity earlier today to sit down with Giselle Donnelly from the American Enterprise Institute, uh, senior fellow in foreign and defense policy studies there. And in that conversation, it was uh, interesting to look at a piece that uh, Giselle had uh, had in the dispatch this morning on this very question. Uh, I started by asking... Uh, for just a good assessment of where are we really? Because if we're going to make changes, if we're going to do things strategically, you have to know where you are before you can chart a course to where you really want to go.
1: Let's begin with where the Russians generally acknowledged. Uh, the facts on the ground seem to bear this out that the Russians are basically out of scheme. They are reverting. To a defensive posture, they're digging in. Of course, they're continuing to shell Ukrainian cities to try to reduce them to rubble, but they're not really mounting major offensive Indeed, it's been a couple weeks since they've done anything of any scale. And we see also increasing numbers of Ukrainian counterattacks just taking the situation uh, near the capital of Kiev. The 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 Russians were about twenty five kilometers from the city center uh, at one point, and now they're about fifty five mm. uh, kilometers. They've had to retreat and dig in. So there's kind of a stalemate. That's settled over things. Neither side really has much of an initiative, but to the degree that anyone does, it's the Ukrainians.
0: Yeah, so fascinating. Uh, you mentioned in your piece uh, just kind of this operational pause that we're just kind of there, and we know when it comes to yeah. uh, these kinds of, of battles that the, the when-to is often as important as the how or the what-to. Uh, take us through some of, uh, of what you have observed uh, in terms of what this moment should be be made into, uh, and what should be done, and, and what kind of things the Ukrainians need to make that happen.
1: I'm kind of led to the conclusion that this pause may last for some time. I mean, the Russians' resources are pretty limited. Even before the invasion began, they were sort of yakking up troops from across Russia, including the Russian Far East, to try to assemble the biggest force and the most effective force that they could but that has proven to be far short of what was necessary uh, and obviously they did not anticipate that the ukrainians would would fight so tenaciously so even if the russians wanted to continue the, their their offensive it's really unclear that they would be able to do so for some time also, the the weather is very changeable in Ukraine at this time of year, sometimes freezing, sometimes below freezing, and the famous Ukrainian mud is an issue. Uh, so, so it would be difficult for the Russians to resume a major offensive um, in the near term, I, I, I believe. Likewise, uh, you know, the the Ukrainians have done a really amazing job of making the Russians fight on Ukraine's terms. And certainly the aid that the United States and the West have given the Ukrainians has, has made a telling difference. But the kinds of things that, that we've given them are, are very inherently defensive. If Ukraine is to sort of seize the opportunity, and they've got to move pretty quickly to try to assemble kind of a counterattack force of some size so that in the event that there are negotiations for a ceasefire at the negotiating table that the Zelensky government has a stronger hand to play and that the Russians will be not holding on to large swaths of of Ukraine. So that means that they need some counteroffensive ground-gaining and ground-holding capacity beyond what they currently have and they need it kind of quickly. So whoever comes out of the pause, whoever refreshes and rearms and refits uh, the best and the fastest uh, will have a clear advantage should the fighting
0: resume. Uh, you mentioned in your piece uh, a number of capabilities uh, that clearly they need in terms of firepower and mobility and weapons and and so on, uh, and also the ability to su- to, to supply those. Uh, and, and in looking at that. Um, what is going to be the the balance point uh, in terms of that kind of support and aid coming in, whether from NATO or some of the other countries, uh, and kind of that tipping point where uh, you know Russia is continuing to rattle the the nuclear saber of you know? Just remember, folks, <laughs> we, we we have these things. Uh, so, what is that point of of, of helping and creating space uh, for the Ukrainians uh, to to have that advantage uh, as opposed to? turning into something more escalated uh, with Vladimir Putin.
1: So, Putin has been rattling the new nuclear saver all along. Mm-hmm. To some degree, he's become the boy who cried wolf, uh, or at least he started branching this threat earlier than maybe wisdom would have counseled. Uh, you know, again, he's suffered what's clearly a, a large-scale strategic defeat, and now threatens to become... A defeat, a very serious defeat. I mean, even without the kinds of uh, improvements that that I wrote about, it looks like the Ukrainians are close to surrounding the Russian forces north of the city of Kiev in kind of a in a pocket. Yeah, uh, that it may be very difficult to to extract themselves from. So, you know, if a Russian army surrendered to Ukraine because it couldn't supply itself, that would be a real nightmarish. You know, Putin faces a nightmare, and I I think his escalatory threats are losing their value as time goes on. You know, he's gone as crazy as he can in terms of just merciless shelling of uh, the cities that are in range with artillery. But like I say, I think we stared the nuclear threat in the face to a certain degree. I mean, it's always going to be present just because they have such weapons. But I do think it presents us with the fact that the risk isn't as terrifying or as proximate as we initially feared because there's no doubt side where are you know, giving the Ukrainians... Well, we're giving the Ukrainian stuff that's killing Russians on a pretty large scale every day. So it have kind of crossed that bridge mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And so I think the, the danger of nuclear escalation uh, was overblown in the first place and I think carries less credibility as as time, again, you can, when Putin really is losing, could be the most dangerous point, but that's no reason to make it easier for, for Putin to win. Don't want to discount the nuclear threat just because it's so terrible and so awful, but we have been self deterred thus far. And uh, his threats
0: seem emptier as time goes on. Fantastic insight, Gis- Giselle Donnelly, Senior Fellow in Foreign and Defense Policy Studies at American Enterprise Institute. A fantastic piece Dispatch today, uh, what Ukraine needs now. Giselle, thank you so much for taking time with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Such important insight there. So there is this moment in this operational pause that uh, Russia is calling it. Uh, They're clearly on their heels. They have been pushed back. They've gone from being within 15 to 19 miles of Kiev. Uh, Now they're about 55 miles out. Uh, And so this is an important moment. And will the president lean in? Will the NATO allies lean in and give Ukraine what they need to maximize the moment and turn the tide? Uh, We will continue to watch and monitor here on KSL News Radio. After the top of the hour break, uh, Russian hackers aren't just causing trouble for Ukraine. There are also fears they could hit your business and your pocket, too. We'll talk to Tatiana Bolton from R Street Institute coming up next. Stay with us much more in hour number two of Inside Sources. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station.